0: Welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. My name is Alex Clements and if you do need some new cycling apparel, make sure you check out MAP's full range at MAP.cc. We've partnered with Lumen Wellbeing to present a new series, a three-part series on the future of cycling. Last week we had Tom Kingsley from EY talking about the business of sport and today we've got Juan Antonio Fletcher to give us a perspective from a former professional, and now he uh, works in the media for Eurosports. First off, he talks about the current environment in Europe and what he believes the cycling season will look like if it it goes ahead. We then touch on some opportunities to come out of COVID-19, and then we spend the back half of the podcast talking about the different bodies in cycling and the power of the ASO. Lumen Wellbeing are a tech company that focuses on developing platforms which provide workplace teams with ongoing feedback regarding the well-being of their workforce. Lumen Wellbeing tools use the same game-winning approach to optimize performance the same way that they do with Lumen Sports, their original company that, that works with some of the most high-performing teams around the world if you do want to read, hear a bit more about their product offering, make sure you check them out at www.lumenwellbeing.com And I hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, welcome back, Juan. It's been a while since we've we've had you on the show. I, I will. I think I might also dig up that interview we did very early on in the piece with you at Cadell Evans Gradation Roadways when you were. Um, a very happy man surfing yeah. the coast of Victoria, because <laughs> uh, in that interview we touch on your story, mm. which is a fantastic story in itself. But today I want to chat to you about um, the current environment in Spain or Europe. Your your views on where you see the sport going, how how it's managing, and and kind of a, just a bit of a general consensus around what 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 is the vibe in in uh, the eurozone have you been chatting to teams athletes
1: well hi alex Uh, well thanks for having me back to the show and and uh answering your first question obviously I had chat with some DSS, with some athletes, and it's been funny a little bit the situations they've been going through, especially at the beginning of the situation with the uncertainty of like, oh, you know, whether we'll be racing back in two weeks or or three weeks or a month or two months, and everyone was kind of stressed about uh, being or not ready for when the season was gonna go back to normal. And later on, a little bit little, they kind of, used the eye and everyone set up a bit of a calendar, and so kind of had a bit of more of a horizon and uh, they could set up a route. And there were a lot of concerns, obviously, about like, uh, you know, economically, like how the sponsors was going to survive Was now or now. Now we've seen this situation with CCC team as well, like um, Jim Okovic has seen himself on that situation of like, oh, I need to find a new sponsor. So we cannot really tell that this is good times. And in cycling, we have to be honest, but in general, I think cycling has lost a lot. But whether or not, you know, um, because you did ask about Europe, and, and cycling is mainly Europe, and it's been hit very hard by the barriers here, in all terms. And, and um, definitely how, you know, teams' concerns are different. You know, depending on what teams they are, what sponsors they got, but in general, I think everyone's you know struggling, and, and in a way, you know, like uh, I'm in this break of normality going on to still uncertain situation because no one really knows for sure what's going to happen at the end of the season or even next year. So, you know, it's 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 not a good it's not a good one for anyone, of
0: course. Mm. Mm. Do you, can you see? cycling happening this year, something I, I I can't quite wrap my head around. You see how like the German soccer leagues opening up again, but that's Germany. That's one soccer stadium. Could a bike race be run over multiple days with so many riders, with so many staff, uh, with uncontrollable crowds. Do you, do you think that's possible?
1: I think it's possible, but not the same way we've seen it until now. I do believe it's gonna be different. If it if it happens, it's gonna be definitely like not a, not as not even as Parinese was this year, right? I mean, I, I put the example of Pyrenees because it was weird how they allow certain riders to be part of it, and like if you were living in Venice or the Lombardia, you were not allowed to participate on the race, which is not fair, right? So I wouldn't call that a proper race at all, you know. Or some teams quitting before because we're scared about the disease. So it's clearly not as it used to be. So do I see it happening? Yeah, because there'll be a lot of pressure from from everyone. there. are say, oh, we have to raise, otherwise cycling is dying. So it will take part, the season. But for me, like cycling season is gone this year. I wouldn't, I mean, I understand some guys that might be like under the contract. I would see it as an opportunity to, oh, I would put my, you know, victories or results on my CV and, and with that we'll be able to get a new contract for next year and it will be racist and it will be a winner but honestly I want it taken normal for me it won 't be a year that if we can in honestly it wouldn 't be fair because uh, no one has been in the same scenario situation either for training or, or health issues with many guys like uh, you know like Iberia having the virus and on a bike race and uh, So, yeah, no one has been on the same conditions because of a pandemic situation. So I'll say that this year for me, if it happens, I mean, it's a year to forget, definitely, cycling wise
0: Yeah. Like, could you see, uh, using your example, you're in just outside Barcelona, could you see the Spanish government ticking the box to say, yes, you can run a bike race through our country? No, not Spanish one.
1: Especially here it's It's been the most conservative country in the whole Europe um, which has been obviously good for for health and for controlling as much as possible the pandemic situation but um I think if they they know because now they're starting to free us a little bit more and it comes to these situations like all of a sudden there's so much crowd gathering at some Area that they cannot control. That there's not enough police to that, right? And it happened here in last weekend on Saturday because of these all restrictions. People, you know, from the outskirts of Barcelona cannot really go anywhere, so they don't have many choices. That like before, so it happened here in Barcelona, like where I live in Castelldefels, like uh, which is a seaside town, like a bit of you know, you can go for a, to a terrace, have a beer was out of control on Saturday. It was totally out of control. It was all in the news. Well, what's happening, right? So it's like, I imagine big, massive sports event. How are they going to control those crowds? You know, they're going to put the army, I doubt it. You know, they've done it once, but at the same time, you know, they do, Spain agreed already on the need and necessity of like having tourism, but at the same time, they will allow tourism on a you know with different regulations depending on what country you're coming from so if you come from France or Italy you're fine to get in or Germany but if you come from the UK or somewhere else you might have to quarantine before and rules are also keep changing after 2 weeks so there's no it's all depending on how the pandemic evolves so there's no like a certain plan or, or rules for the entire year so how how you can say now that yeah Spain is going to that box and say, yeah, let's do the Vuelta, you know? Not now. I mean, I see like maybe two weeks before they say, yeah, green light, everyone can go. and <laughs> Or now, I say, well, these guys can go, these guys cannot go. Because they've been, you know, even the government here, he it had a lot of pressure already from the opposition and, and, and people saying, well, this is not right. And, and how they manage that, how they handle that, still like, Uncertain, you know, like how still the Mm. weather will be in September, so still many months to come. And, um, well, hopefully, hopefully, but uh, already Portugal cancelled some stages, so this this is such a stressful situation. Is it worth it, right? You know, that's could be a good question. Is it worth it just to try to make it happen, like uh, at any cost? Mm. What already we've been going through right so i don't know i think europe is it's not the place for black race at the moment yeah
0: mm. have you seen any like any opportunities that have come out of this this time that you like anything any positive that you see will have a long-term good effect on the sport
1: uh, well i've seen like growing a lot of e-racing i think e-racing you know, it was there before the pandemic situation and, and uh, people was like, not really paying attention to it. And now, because of the situation, that format of cycling has got a lot more awareness of, of the one that it had before. Whether you like it or you don't like it, at least there's awareness about it now. And that's important. That costs a lot of time to, to, to those companies and to that cycling to, to get it. It takes years. And now everyone knows, and a lot of people knows what what swifts are, what all those races are, and and I think that's good. Why I'm 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 keen on on those things happen happen because at least it's cycling and, and it attracts new cyclists as well. I had some friends that they discovered cycling thanks to that situation because oh what I'm doing oh get a get get a tuba training and and it's funny because some of them they went back on the road yesterday and. Uh, they clearly, they, they, it, was, it started to rain. Yeah, this is because some of them, the young kids, so they, they're very strong. They started like, getting excited about it and they're very committed and they went on the road and they did some good, decent some times, some, some good climbs around here. But, but three of them, like yesterday, it started to rain and they went in the evening for a bike ride and they went through this loop that, that at the end you have to do this very bad descent, right? Like uh, 15, 20% narrow roads and they call a friend to pick them up <laughs> it's like no we're not <laughs> <laughs> so that was like you know you no, know, no, we're not confident about this anymore you know it's like and I, I always say oh look, you see these are like swift I mean like indoor cyclists like now the they, they're coming out on the roads and they find this situation where it's like different conditions and adversity and they they're not happy with that they're not comfortable with it and but the good thing is like they wouldn't have been in cycling because of not having indoor cycling. And and nowadays it's been you know, cycling is a sport that it requires a lot of time, requires good weather, so good equipment, a lot of conditions that it is stops if we compare it to running, for instance, it stops some people to getting into the sport. And for me, the good example about this is like a lot of people is getting into the sport because of indoor cycling, because it's easy on a way, you know, you kind of have less time, you know, you, you conciliate your life, your personal life, family life better by in, with indoor cycling. And later on, these guys, they go on the road. So for me, that's the big, biggest opportunity I've seen so far for, for this situation. On the other hand, that's one, let's say, bringing more people to the sport, which is great. On the other hand, I see, I, I believe like many guys uh, as we were chatting before about they've seen themselves on this situation, many pro cyclists of like not being on the circus, not being on the cycling season. They've seen themselves like at home with the families, with friends for a longer period than than the normal, and at home not having really to commit to the sport. So because there's no you know race, bike racing in in long time. So. I think that's been a great opportunity for, for every pro cyclist to see themselves and to answer that question that many of them have normally, like, "Oh, what will be my life when when, when the season is over?" Remember one thing: like many pro cyclists, they either divorce or they split with the with a partners as soon as the the career is over because so all of a sudden they see them and they and their family sees them at home for longer period than usual. So you know, it's, it's different. It's very hard to be a pro cyclist. Uh, let's say and 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 follow up with your family because you're always away. Well, in this situation, it has changed for them. So they've seen themselves in that situation. So they know a lot. So they they answer a lot of those questions beforehand. And I think that's 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 very useful for them.
0: Mm. What about how you look back on the sport now? Have you do you see it? continue to evolve you see it since you stopped racing that is it evolving is it progressing
1: absolutely i've seen like 2013 was my last season and it has evolved a lot small little changes but now we've seen like for instance the Vallon series so trying to you know it's becoming new formats of racing gravel uh, cycling is becoming very popular and even the the, the Tour and the Grand Tour are mimicking them, trying to implement and include those sectors in the races because it's attractive. So even UCI is considering on, on having a, some rules from gravel uh, racing. So there's new formats as the same, you know, with the same example that we were talking about indoor cycling before. There are, like, similarities of new, formats of cycling that are growing, are emer- emerging, and attracting new people and um, bringing new people to the sport than they were not there in, you know, seven years ago. And, and they're becoming powerful. This, you know, they're creating their own community. And I see a lot of cycling um, away from, from the biggest um, actors of the sport. They're, having their own, they're starting to have their own identity and, and, and solid. And, and cycling is becoming different to to what it was years ago. Definitely, it's, 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 a, it's younger. I think it's becoming a younger sport, which is good because one of the biggest concerns was like, oh, cycling's a bit old. You know, it's how we attract young cyclists. And there's plenty of like, I'm talking now away from like big UCI races. Uh, it is attracting different people and 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 younger people as well. So. So I think it's good.
0: Do you think that is part due to people spending more time on social media? People, absolutely. athletes themselves, actually making more content. Absolutely, you know, you're talking about for yourself. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's why it's so good about it. Before it was all like vertical, right? So even the the organizer of a bike race had to be everything through them and and TV and well, this one. <laughs> main actor actually is to the France. It's like, no, no, you can't even film the race because you have to pay for that, which is like not making it more popular, right? It's like, it's like kind of, you know, for me, like the world now is going in that direction. And and if you're not doing that, you're going against it and you're not going to survive, you go against it, right? It's like, you're the only one. So it's like, everyone's trying to share things, trying to, you know, but why is that happening? Because you have to analyze how our... Economies now and how it was 30 years ago. It was different. And, and now people, you know, it's easier access to media, it's easier access to, to create and content. And that we've seen with this lockdown, a lot of people developing, even ProSac is developing their own little chats and, and, and Instagram live and, you know, access, we, we discover some skills from riders, some communicating the sports and, and they're getting into it as well. And that's what, everyone, that's what cycling needs. You need to make it completely, you know, not like this, vertical, oh, it has to come from here, but completely, like, flowy from everywhere and everyone being happy about it. Obviously, it's not going to be on the benefit of, like, like, the big actors, but sport will win and cycling will win as well. And, and, and that's what, you know, everyone needs to have a little piece of that cake and, and therefore mm. the cake will be bigger. You know, that's that's the main thing. So I completely agree with, with your question.
0: How um how is your how have your views changed since now, now you're in the media world? Yeah. You were a big attraction of the media world when you were a writer. Mm. If like how how do, how do you look back on that kind of relationship, that athlete? Well um Yeah, I wasn't media. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I always admit like I wasn't like a good friend of media when I was a cyclist and um I was like, well, I'm here to, to ride my bike, you know, to spend time with the media. And, um, but I think, like, especially that goes against what, what I've been doing until now with sport. And I, this is how I experienced, like, on, on the years working for the media, how it has changed, right? Like, going to the mix zone to interview riders or, like, trying to get a quote from a rider. Well, I believe, like, there's a huge, there's so much interesting content Coming out from the teams themselves, like they create their own things, and and movie Style released recently a, an amazing documentary on Netflix. So that's also interesting how that content is not just distributed through TV; it's distributed through different platforms, and and uh, even the distribution of the content has changed. and And I um, think like it's not that movie Style's closed close the doors on on the media to to interview writers, but it is true that some teams they. They kind of filtering a lot more, and uh, I think they're putting power and creating their own little content and and creating that value either for themselves or for the cycling community and and, and to everyone. And I think that's great. You know, like we have to change uh, the way and the mind of how media has been doing within the sport. And uh, I think it's different, right? Because it's, it's TV rights and it's all these things, and and it's one content. But we consume everything about cycling. When we like cycling, we consume not just one format. That's Twenty years ago, when I was a, a pro rider, uh, we consume all different formats and and any time. And we consume more formats and more cycling content. So everything for me is good. You know, I think uh, you know, going back to the beginning. Well, you know, me as a part of the media, I haven't been very successful on on getting those. Questions after the race, a lot of those things, because honestly, I kind of hated that before as a cyclist. So I kind of, I've always, I'm not going to bother the rider with that question. I'm not going to bother the rider. I'm, I've been always like more respectful on the rider because <laughs> I was like that, right? I was like that as a cyclist. I sometimes didn't want to speak, having to talk to someone, you know, on TV. So, and obviously that stopped me from doing a lot of my work, but, um, sometimes all those questions are really unnecessary and you do see your body in the writer yet yeah, to, to show it on on the spectator and the viewer wants to see it but you know nowadays there is so much of that and and my experience on the mix for instance it's been like each answer of the writers is exactly the same no matter what you ask you know i remember asking asking for me like really silly questions stupid like oh, you're wearing flip-flops today. And he will give me one answer, you know, like the same answer that he'll give the, the guy next door. So it's like the rehearsal that before going to the mix zone. And, and honestly, for me, that, that's time wasted. Like, for me, you're not going to get anything interesting from that. Everyone's going to have the same, an- the same answer. And for me, like now the real, the real potential is just to create things different, like. Uh, more intimate interviews, more like uh, showing showing how cycling is, but from a different perspective, not the one that has been a bit old school, like going to a mix zone. And don't get me wrong, some guys that manage to get very good content and, and very good answers and very good questions, and it's needed, but it's difficult, you know. And, and it makes sense. If you're a writer, you come out of the podium like Chris broom to the France and you see like a bunch of 15, 20 journalists, you're going to tell them. All the same you know you're not going to spend ten minutes mm-hmm. with each, each of them and 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 TV what sometimes needs is just the face of the rider saying yes, I want or not I want to, to put it that same as some on the broadcast and that's it you know they don't really care, and and you know, they also tell you, you know, when I've been part of me, oh, maximum two questions, don't do any more questions. Well, what I'm, you know, with two questions, you know, what, what are you managing to get? And this is interesting because sometimes, like, you see how some other they have been, like, up to five questions. Like, come on, wasn't it the rule just two questions? And <laughs> <laughs> that's like, so, like, well, honestly, on one hand, it's amazing because you're just really in cycling, like, you're closer than anyone to, to the sport and you fill it and, and, and all the adrenaline. But on the other hand, I don't think the job is really worth it. You know, it's not like a, from, from media point of view, you don't really get that interesting content. So, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully things change and hopefully teams create more things as well that are good for everyone. And uh, you know, Orica Green Age, that thing, that was the best example. And, and who started doing those things EF cycling follow up a bit movie started last mm. year there's a lot, and more and more teams you know will follow up on those type of things
0: yeah, especially the movie stars okay like it was real it was raw it was genuine storytelling yeah and and, and and that coupled with the distribution of Netflix yeah exactly like
1: that, I think that was for me that's the most surprising thing like guys we're putting second into Netflix on a, from a team, right? Like, because this is like, obviously when a TV channel, for instance, a company is trying to get like um, an agreement with a team, obviously there's some deals there, there's some rules about how much advertising could we have, you know, there's a lot of th- filters, let's say, but like, once you create your own product and you sell it to someone completely different, that is not even a TV channel, you know, it's like a platform. That's amazing. You know that that shows like how things has changed. You know, and and hopefully that opens minds to everyone because TV, I believe, and I I agree that sometimes they kind of been playing around with that power. Like, oh, we are, you know, if you want to have exposure, we are the ones. No, you know, someone like Netflix is it's a platform, and and there'll be more coming, and um, yeah, they 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 have their own specific content and and millions, millions of subscribers.
0: Yeah. Do you think, um, like one thing that kind of almost surprised me a little bit was how real that doco (laughs) was. There was like, it was, it was great, but do you think teams, I guess on the contrary, because they are, they do have control of the distribution channels. They do have control of the content that they might tame it a bit too much that it might swing, that it be almost becomes boring because sure they have control, they don't want any anything bad to... Exactly. Because it is, like, it's part of the, I guess, one of the drawbacks of being a sponsorship-driven sport is that...
1: Exactly.
0: You only need to offend one sponsor.
1: Exactly. They're going to be very careful. They're already careful of what they have to say when they are they're interviewed by anyone from a different... from outsource, let's say, from outside the team. But, I, I mean... It really surprised me the Movistar one because they kind of show a lot, you know, they show a lot of things that I, I was surprised they were showing it. So whether the mm. we have to think about Movistar as a sponsor, what it is, and in, you know, and and uh, maybe they were not caring about that, you know, they were, yeah, it's fine. But uh, obviously that will not be working for every sponsor. But I think if they just follow on what ByteWaxing is and, and they just show what's happening inside the team. It's fine, you know. I mean, it's 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 an honest way of saying, like, well, we're transparent of what's been happening. And uh, but obviously, if I don't see that at Ineos, for instance. I don't see Ineos being like, oh yeah, Bernal and me, I'm not happy. Or gee, uh, No, 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 no. That's that's gonna be. They're gonna really protect the sponsor. But it's a different sponsor, right? So I remember my case, for instance, when I had a nasty crash at the France. I got hit by a car. Across the finish line, all the media was there, and I was taken by the team to the bus. You're not talking to the media, right? So that comes your point, Alex. It's like, well, you know, why not allowing a rider to talk, you know, and to express how shit he was feeling at that moment, right? Because that was the truth, mm. and um, yeah, because that wasn't right for the sponsorship, you know. And 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 I was told like, oh, we're gonna back you on everything, we're gonna back you, and then it didn't happen. Right, it didn't happen at all. You know, the, the team wasn't even claiming for the bike. Uh, so we don't care. Yeah, we lost a ten thousand euros bike. We're fine with that. And um, so, yeah, it's more important to protect the sponsor than Nairo Quintana saying, "Ah, they didn't want me." You know, so mm. it's 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 very bold. What what they've done is like uh, it's a, it's great, and I think it should be the example of what, what a great documentary, when you think about the product of that media content, how it should be, and not having the pressure from the sponsor. But obviously it is very difficult. And what it really surprised me is that it happened with such a traditional team like Movistar, a team that's got over 40 years old. I've been in that team and I know how the things. That's why I was very surprised about it. And uh, if, they, if they manage to do it, I think anyone can manage this. I mean, they should. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. They cross that line. I think it's it's fine now.
0: Yeah, uh, you touched on um, the ASO and their control of the owners of the Tour de France, yeah. the biggest bike race in the world, yeah. and the the media. Well, I guess their big their biggest ticket item, their biggest product, is the media rights Absolutely. sales. So they do restrict it to the nth degree. Do you think? their control of the sport is a positive or do you think it holds it back almost?
1: It was positive 30 years ago in 2020. <laughs> Obviously things yeah. have changed. I mean, things are not the same as they were to be. And I mean, cycling is different and the, the new actors, there's new things and, and they're playing it differently and they're still playing it in the same way. And they haven't been humbled maybe on saying like, well, maybe we should change a little bit how we, should assume we're not going to need that much money about media rights and try to get it somewhere else, you know penetrate kind of different markets or try to do different things because that's a bit like uh, it worked once in a while. I think now for them it's time to explore different ways and, and but it surprised me as, as I was talking before, like they keep going on that strategy of trying to control vertically everything and. That model is clearly dying nowadays, I believe. You know, it's like, uh, it's different, you know, you, you co-create value, you do a lot of things, big companies, successful companies nowadays, that's, that's what they do. How are you meant to co-create value when they stop you filming the bike race? You know, mm-hmm. you're not, you know, just let people just bring a little bit of value for the sport, for your race, and you let them grow as well you right. that That's how things work. They work like that. They don't work like that anymore. So, so for me, I don't know, there's many things that I saw They have to change to the France. I mean, the, one of the best examples, like, I remember that was still, I was bike racing, and at the Tour de the France, all of a sudden introduces, like, oh, you're, gonna, you're not going to be allowed to throw your, you know, uh, papers and waste anywhere. You're going to have your own zone to throw, because we are the example, we are to the front, and we have to show the world that cycling is a clean sport environmentally. And that's fantastic. I'm not against like putting you know, your papers and envelopes and, 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 and teaching people and educating people how to behave better for the environment. But honestly, you're a bit greenwashing when you're doing that, and you're flying like six helicopters to cruise around <laughs> your your VIPs, your major sponsors, everyone can see your six, seven helicopters going up on the air, just flying, just burning fuel, because a VIP has a better view of the race. That's like it's it's complete greenwash, complete greenwash, and that's mm-hmm. that's how sometimes things happen in this world. I mean, many companies they try to be socially responsible, they, they, they but it's just a just a just a layer there, just to show a few this is how we do things. But if you go and watch to the France, you realize how much environment, unfriendly actions they're taking. And uh, it's weird because cycling should be a sport, a model of a sport that is, is good on, on, on that matter. But on the other hand, they, they need to change that a lot. You know, I and mean, in you know, uh, just reduce the number of cars, reduce the number of helicopters. That's an example, not just saying, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna force riders to bin their wastes to certain areas. It doesn't work. <laughs> that's that's just an yeah. example, but there'd be plenty more.
0: So, do you you don't think they're they're not the company to take the sport forward? No,
1: no, no. no. I mean, they have the power to our, do it, our, but they need to change yeah. the model. They have to change the model, and and yeah, yeah. Sorry, you were gonna ask something else.
0: Yeah. And then what about the, what about the rest of them? So we've got like this Flanders group and the RSC yeah. and like, like, can, can you see, can you see a roadmap forward?
1: Uh, if they change the way, if they, I think, you know, if everyone gets a bit of that cake, yeah, then, then cycling will win. But if they start like saying, "No, this one cannot have a piece of the cake, and this other cannot have a piece of the cake," then cycling won't win. And if, if, if you know, I think like if you want to sell cycling to the sponsors, cycling has to be a better sport. And 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 in order to do it, a better sport, you need to let everyone, as I say, win some. And then at the end, you know, if cycling is better, then. It'd be easier cycling to, to sell it. Let's say if you want to sell cycling, let's call it that way, you have to make cycling better sport, and, and that's that should be the main goal. If if those little actors that just think about their own company and their own business and not cycling business, uh, cycling itself as a sport, then you won't grow. You know, I think I think that's, that should be the way. I mean, they can, they have the power, they will have the power. But as a company, you know, companies, they have their own goals. And, and normally those goals, like, oh, my, when, I, when they do a plan, normally these companies are like, they focus on on on, on their return. They say, well, how am I going to position myself in five years' time within the competition? And I'm sure that now they're thinking, like, how am I going to position, if I'm from this class, how am I going to position myself now in five years as a bike race organizer in the cycling market, let's call it that way. But they don't think about cycling how i'm gonna you know okay you've done your own goals about your, yourself but how about cycling right you shouldn't forget about that what can i do mm. to make the rider happier uh, the expected to happier everyone the the media happier everyone and at the end cycling will become a better sport so i think that's that should be the, the mentality
0: do do any of the groups have that focus do any of the groups do you think have that consumer-centric vision or are they all profit focused
1: that would be something to analyze and i think maybe i'm not in the position now to say like oh they all do some they might be doing so we should i haven't done that exercise so i'm going one after the other one and saying like oh this is this is what they're doing right like uh i think like everyone's making efforts right on, on making it popular I don't know, make a small comparison. Kedela Great Ocean Road Race. You have your women's race and you have your men's race, right? And it's equal and everyone's happy and it's a big party and you have, like, the, the you know, the, the, the people's choice, the ride, and, 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 and it's a big party, right? Everyone wants to go. But Paris-Roubaix, where is women's Paris-Roubaix? In 2020? Come on, guys. I mean... You can, yeah. I mean, you can say you're you're looking after the environment, But what about women's cycling? You know, are you still thinking, and even women's, you know, La like Course it's just one day or two days. It's it's not equal, you know. And we're talking about a world that it has to be equal. That's one of the things. So, so you know, Flanders they have the race as well for for, for women as well. And and but I'm surprised still in 2020. Um, you know, by hey, so the most powerful actor here, doesn't have it. Or it's like, Oh, it's not even interested. So that's the example. Do you
0: think that women, yeah. Do you think that women have an opportunity though? Like men, men have got this rich history, which has got so much value, but do the women always have an opportunity to utilize the fact that they don't have that? They don't have. Yeah. But,
1: but I mean, you, you'd be surprised. Like, um, you know, on this matter, I got asked one question once when I when I put that as an example, and, and someone asked me, "Oh, can you can you can you tell me why women cycling doesn't get the views that men's cycling does?" And I said, "Guys, it's no longer about the views. It's not about how. It's not about the views in 2020. That was 30 years ago. You know. Again, even the media is thinking about the profit, about views, about." No, I mean you want to make cycling better. You have to show even if they don't have views. You know, it's like, uh, but there is a mentality on on some people still there about like just profit. And and and, uh, and I think when when you look at the bigger picture of cycling, we have to look at everyone now. Obviously, with the with the what happened in the U.S. and 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 with racism, And obviously. It came out the Legion of La, the cycling team by Justin Williams. You know that's a great example of someone who's doing something right about about the sport, no matter about equity. You know about being the same no matter whether you're male, female, black, white, Chinese, whatever. You know you're a good cyclist, you're there, and we have to recognize that. You know still in 2020, people have some has some issues about it, right, and then. Mm. I think society now, nowadays is got to, in general, and it will have even more and more. And all the protests is a big proof about it. Like, what the world wants is like almost the same for everyone, the same chances, right? Like, so I don't think women's cycling will be like more like, oh, we, we need to have because we, I mean, I don't think they're like, oh, we don't need uh, Paris Roubaix. I think it's a matter of like being the same, you know, it's like why we're not allowed to have it, you know, just give the opportunity there and let it happen, right, and let them grow. And they're doing little by little, they're doing great steps and they're bringing their own following, they're bringing their own, you know, attraction as well and and on their own way, but it's not for not giving them the opportunity. To, to to have their own event. I mean, forget about whether it's going to be successful or not, or it's going to be crowds or not. They need to have it. They need, there's no way they mm. can't have it. There's no reason. I mean, I understand thirty years ago, but now in twenty twenty.
0: To wrap things up, one, what, what do you think the sport needs? The sport needs to progress in the next five years. Time. What are the what are key things that need to to happen to make the sport grow?
1: Uh, just let it, let it. Go lateral 100%, just let it make it accessible as 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 much as possible. Cycling is a sport, especially that you know every, from first to last, everyone gets something about it. The crowds are close to the cyclists; it's free, so that's the identity of the sport. So it has to follow that. Uh, it doesn't need to nowadays to close barriers and to make it like private and and make it like I think cycling it's it's that's the way and it has to be like that and and that will grow i mean profit wise sponsor wise but what are we talking about i mean economy is not good in the world anymore you know what what, what, we're trying to get sponsors and try to attract this company but in a world like if if you if you follow a bit like production is decreasing everything's going down so what sponsor are you going to try? You know, it's, it's going to be good today, but not tomorrow. So you need to make it good for tomorrow as well. Really long term, not for short term and, and make it like accessible and, and has to be a big party. Has to be a big party where everyone's going to, to join it and look at gravel racing. You know, they, they talk about this community, people goes, have a beer after the race. Everyone, even anyone can join, you know, that, that needs to happen. You know, like, bring like the normal amateur cyclist closer to the other one just sharing you know you, you will see that on indoor cycling as well like you can join a ride with anyone in the world right and it's it's fine it's almost free you know and you can have that experience so you cannot make it exclusive to a part of it maybe when it comes to show okay the big day this is what it is but you need to open it more to everyone you need to share more rides with the normal people you need to make it more like like lateral and then just like this
0: mm. i think i think that's a very good wrapping up statement <laughs> yeah. well I, even i remember like so i remember the the giro was building 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 like the the awareness of it the following of it it wasn't a tour de france like it was nowhere near that but it was it was on a growth trajectory and the pathway was there and then they sold the rights to Eurosport. <laughs> And all of a sudden, like you said, it ripped so many viewers out because, well, you have, to, you have to pay for it. And in Australia, we don't have Eurosport players. You've got to pay for this really expensive subscription. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all that, all that growth was just gone. Exactly.
1: And that's a big concern about, like, uh, uh, you know, organizers, like, oh, whether should we sell the majority of the rights or because that kind of slows down the following in other areas of the world. and. It's complicated, but, uh, in the, you know, I think some companies that really want the short-term profit and, and the sports needs a longer-term profit. And for that, you need to, you need to be a little bit less selfish, probably. <laughs> and, 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 and think about, and be aware as well of what's going on in the world. I mean, open your eyes and, and, and see what's happening.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks, Juan. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for your insight.